Bleacher Report has suggested an Alice Caruso trade that I want to talk to you guys about. I actually find it pretty interesting, probably more layered than even what they intended for it to be. We're also going to talk about the Bulls' unguaranteed contracts heading into the 2023-24 offseason and who, who could be coming back off of that and dive into the mailbag. We're getting to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Let's go ahead and get into everything. First, if you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And if you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. But let's get into the content for today. So first, the Bleacher Report had uh, a list of trades, and the Bulls were listed on one of these uh, in one of these trades, and actually found the deal pretty interesting for a few different reasons. So they had Alice Caruso going to the Dallas Mavericks, who are absolutely going to be looking to add whatever talent that they can uh, to that team for Reggie Bullock and the 2023 first round pick. Now, on surface level, I looked at this deal initially and said, Reggie Bullock, why? That's not that's not really anything that the Chicago Bulls could or really should want at this point. We need size, right? When you look at Bullock 6'6", uh, a wing defender that can do a little bit of something, right? But he's already over the age of 30, older than Alice Caruso. And I'm just like, why would Bleacher Report have the Bulls? What would they possibly think are the Chicago Bulls' motivation to go after this, this player? But when, when I look at it and look kind of at the details of it, Reggie Bullock has a partially guaranteed contract for 2024. And for the Chicago Bulls, a team that can be looking for as much cap relief as they can to separate themselves even more from that luxury tax area. We've talked about it. If they re-sign Kobe and Vooch, use their mid-level exception that and, and their biannual exception, which they may not use until the middle of the season, that puts them basically right up at the luxury tax. And that is not signing anybody else other than, you know, for that mid-level exception type money. So, and I really didn't think that really left the Bulls too much a room, wiggle room. But when you look at Reggie Bullock's partially guaranteed $10 million deal, that changes some things for the Chicago Bulls. Not only does it provide them a little bit more space under that salary cap, they could also make push them to possibly use the disabled player exception for Lonzo Ball to create even more cap space. Remember, I've said before, if the Bulls do use the disabled player exception, Lonzo Ball's full contract still counts against the salary cap for the Chicago Bulls which would then hurt their ability to even use that disabled player exception because it then sends them into the luxury tax, something that we know Jerry Reinsdorf just does not want to pay. So looking at those aspects of it, you, I, I sit there and I could say, hey, on top of that, you're getting a 2023 first-round pick to, for the Bulls to get back in, in this draft. That's one of the videos I did this past week is what are the chances that the Bulls could get back into the draft this this uh, offseason and if they'd even even be willing to uh but again it, it allows the bulls to do a couple of things that can definitely help this team add significant talent this offseason you're adding then a draft pick a young player hopefully with some potential that's at a pretty decent level for the chicago bulls as well and so listen i'm, I'm looking at this and i'm saying hey this isn't necessarily a bad deal now yes in this you're getting rid of alice caruso which is a is an issue for for you know there's just the Bulls defense and you know saying what just what Alice Crusoe has meant to the Bulls defense overall he's been a huge part of the motor of that defense we showed the plus minuses if you're over on the community tab so again something to look out for but if the if the Dallas Mavericks are willing to trade 
that that 2003 first round pick again it would not come to the bulls they wouldn't even have their own first round pick um if it falls uh if it's top 10 protected um to the new york knicks so again you have to look at some things like that but you know the, the Knicks, I mean, part of the reason why the Mavericks got in trouble at the end of the season was trying to maintain hold to that pick. So, um, you know, if they do get that pick and they use it, I just don't know if Alice Caruso is the level of deal that they necessarily may be going after um, if they do move that 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 pick. I think that, you know, they're probably going to want a player probably a little bit higher level than Alice Caruso unless they just rank Alice Caruso really high, which is absolutely a possibility. We I've always said that Alice Caruso's value and worth to a championship level team is going to be even more than what it's worth to the Chicago Bulls. So not that the Mavericks are anywhere close to that, but if they think, and, and you know, especially if they're able to bring Kyrie back, they could look to add some things like that. So again, not a terrible deal. Still not one that I'm necessarily thinking is too realistic, but I don't, I don't dislike the bones of that deal at all. Guys, let me know what you guys think on that down below. Again, I want to see Alice Caruso stay here. So you know, I don't necessarily know. I mean, hey, there are some very good players in that draft. And when you look at the free, the, the salary cap of it all as well, hey, you, you never know. But let's go ahead and look at some of our unguaranteed contracts this season. We've done player evaluations. I didn't do any for like Marco or Carlick Jones or any Carlick Jones. I'm sorry, any players like that, because they just weren't a big part of the of the Bulls roster this season. But when you look at Andre Drummond, who has a player option of three point three six million, you have Carlick Jones, who um. He has an unguaranteed contract of $1.9 million. And then you look at Marco Simonovic, who has a contract of $1.8 million. Again, another partially guaranteed deal uh, for the Chicago Bulls next season. And Drummond, I really don't get a feel on Drummond. The last that I read is that uh, the rumors, it was nothing substantial, that Drummond is, is seriously considering uh, taking up that player option. Maybe he doesn't think he's going to get that money out in the open court with you know how, how seldom he was used against the Chicago Bulls. I don't know. But... You know, I, I coming into this offseason, I really thought Drummond probably isn't going to come back just because of how Billy Donovan used him. But let's say Drummond does come back. Player option, let's just say he takes the money. That leaves Carly Jones and Marco Simonovic. And Carly Jones, while I understand what the Bulls did on the back half of that season, I don't, I know some people are wild by the G League statistics. I'm not. I think Carly Jones stays in the Bulls organization, but I think he's going to go back to a two way contract. Me personally, uh, Marco Simonovic is the biggest question here. And we actually have a voicemail on Marco, so I'm not going to get too in-depth here. I will in just a second because I think it's the first voicemail up. It's the second one. Um, but when it comes to Marco Simonovic's contract, it just boils down to this. If, you don't, if you're not going to have him in a role, if you're not going to use him at the NBA level next season, not no more G League, and let him take his bumps and bruises and hopefully grow from it and build some confidence, you got to get rid of the contract. There's no point in having he's on an actual NBA contract. That is a full roster spot that could be used to go elsewhere if, we just, if we're not going to use him, right? And with the Bulls, especially as cash-strapped as they are, you're going to need every potential roster spot to go to a player that's actually going to be able to be used. And so unless Billy Donovan and, and AK have a, are ready to actually throw him out there and let him sink or swim at the NBA level in his last year on his contract, I think you got to get up out of that, especially because it's partially guaranteed and bring a body in here you can actually use. All right, let's go ahead and get into the voicemail as well. All right, so the first voicemail up for today is from Michael Korn. Hey, good morning. What's up, Hayes? Michael here. Uh, point blank question about who you'd like to see play center for the Bulls next season. Uh, would you rather see Vooch or Brooke Lopez at center for the Bulls? 
let's say, assuming, you know, same salary as reading at the Brook Lopez is unrestricted uh, this year. Uh, who would you have, let's say, same contract uh, terms, or who would you price a little higher, a little lower, uh, or significantly higher, significantly lower, and what do you think uh, their ultimate salaries uh, uh, will be? Hey, thanks. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Bye-bye. All right. Really, really good question here. Uh, what I'll say is that initially I, I went, so I went and looked at, like, some of their stats and things like that, and Brooke Lopez takes more threes than Marco Simonovic, hits them at a better rate. He shoots a better overall percentage than Marco Simonovic. I mean, sorry, oh, Marco Simonovic. Brooke Lopez shoots the three better than Nikola Vucevic. He, she takes more and hits them at a much better rate. He has way more blocks uh, per game than Nikola, than Nikola Vucevic. It's not even close. Uh, last season, Brooke Lopez averaged 2.6 blocks per game, whereas Marco Simonovic didn't even average one after averaging one block per game in his first, uh, well, last season for the Chicago Bulls, his first full season for the Bulls. But where things start differing at is that Vuce's rebounding rate is considerably higher than, than Brooke Lopez. We're not we're we're talking not even in the same stratosphere. Now, again, Brooke Lopez is also on a team with better rebounders all around him in a more traditional lineup, so that makes sense there. But again, when you really look at Nikola Vucevic and Brooke Lopez, the really the difference is is the defense. Brooke Lopez has turned himself into a way better defender who initially came in known for his offense, whereas his brother Robin Lopez was known as the defender. He's really kind of turned into a merger of both of what they started off their career with. But the age is a thing, right? When you look at Brooke Lopez, he's two years older than Nikola Vucevic, which is fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at the, the, the money that it would take to sign Brooke Lopez, right? That's where you start getting into some differences. Is now if Brooke is able is willing to take a, a shorter term contract, then I can see it. But the thing that I think about this also is, is that while Brooke Lopez shooting splits, Numbers are all higher than Nikola Vucevic's in, in many areas, uh, not the points per game. Vuce still averages more points per game than him, about two and a half points per game uh, more than him, and, he's, and he gets um, three more shots than Brooke Lopez as well. But when you look at the, the, that, I think you really have to weigh the, the Billy Donovan portion of it. Is Billy Donovan going to use Brooke Lopez correctly, right? We've seen times where he doesn't use Vuce correctly. Does Brooke Lopez come in any more and you and it, it utilized better than what uh, Billy Donovan currently utilizes Nikola Vucevic. That's the biggest question in this, right? On paper, I can definitely understand. I think it's a I think it's an either or, right? I can understand you going either direction with either player. That defense and the actual rim protection that Brook Lopez brings um, that definitely separates some things. When you look at Brook Lopez, he's averaging he averaged uh, two rebounds per game. Three out of the last five, I mean, uh, three, two and a half blocks per game, three out of the last five seasons in the NBA. The Bulls could absolutely use that rim protection drastically. But do you trust Billy Donovan can you, to use him more? And then I guess there's also argument to be said that even if Billy Donovan doesn't utilize him better, Brooke Lopez's natural just being a better rim protector is going to show itself either way. Oh, man, I just I don't see him leaving the Bucks. Let me be clear. I just don't see that if they offer him a contract. But if, if Vooch does leave and goes elsewhere and you can sign Brooke Lopez for a reasonable deal and you strike out on some of the other younger players, I, I on a two, and I wouldn't get into signing him to a three, four-year deal. But on Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, 
and odds boost. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. On a one plus two, a one plus one or a two plus one, on, on an option on that last third year, I don't think you can go wrong on that one. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one is from Jamal. What's up, Hayes? It's your boy Jamal back again with another voicemail. I got three minutes, so let's get into it. So I want to do um, my uh, a couple of voicemails coming up within the next coming weeks of players who I think uh, what the Chicago Bulls are going to do about uh, each player on their roster and my thoughts on it. So just expect some voicemails for that. Um, I'm going to start this one off with two players, Javante Green and Marco Simonovic. Uh, starting off with Marco, um, it's interesting that he didn't get much, if not any, real playing time this season. It kind of makes you wonder what's going on with his development. Because while he's in the G League, he looks really good and looks like a really good player. It, it's crazy that he has not been able to crack Billy's rotation. I mean, we've seen um, our rookie get significant playing time. Not a lot, but certain moments throughout the season where even our rookie would get playing time and Marco Sonorovic not get any at all, despite the fact that it looks like he's gained, you know, muscle and everything like that. Um, so it was really interesting to see what the Bulls are going to do with him. Does Billy Donovan just not have faith in him or what? Marco's contract, I think, is – he has one more year on his contract for next season, and I think it's like $1.8 million. I'll be honest, I think he has about an 80% chance of coming back next season. The only way I really think he's going to – be moved as if he is involved in some trade in the off season, um, or if he requests a trade, which I doubt. Um, but if he's really involved in some trade to make the, the salary work, so I don't really see us getting rid of Marco Simonovic. What I would be interested in seeing is does he get any playing time next season? I know his defense has been questioned and everything like that, but it's something that I think we should look at. The other person is Devonte Green. Now, I agreed with you all throughout the season where I said Javante Green is probably going to get a nice contract this upcoming uh, off season. But here's the thing about it. He hasn't played a lot, and he's had that injury, I think, with the knee. And I don't remember hearing anything whether or not his knee was completely healed down the end of the, the stretch of the season or or not, and if that was or, or anything like that. Because there was games where he would come back and play a game or two, but then he just – didn't play anymore after that, you know. So it's really interesting to see what's going on with his knee. I will say this. I give it about a 50-50% chance that Javante comes back because if no team really gives him a real contract offer, he might sign for like a bet minimum just so that he can build up some of his stock uh, if he's able to play next season. So I wouldn't be shocked if he signed for like a million to $2 million deal just to say, let me show the league what I can still do and that I'm healthy and healed, and then he uh, goes for a contract next season. Um, All right, Jamal is bringing up Marco Simonovic. And I know I talked about it a little bit before, but I don't understand what the plan is with Marco. I just don't. Um, I think my light just went out. I don't understand the plan with Marco Simonovic. Just because 
he's he's done everything you can expect him to do at the G League level. He scores, he rebounds, he's worked on that three-point shot, has come along, his passing has come along. He looked even better with playing with a player like D- Daylon Terry. When Daylon Terry was doing some of those ball-handling things, we saw Marco look even better. And the thing is, is that I don't think you're going to gain any perspective on Marco anymore from the G League. It's at the point in time where Marco needs to be playing in the NBA, or if you can't see him doing that, he doesn't need to be on your roster. That's just it. If you're not going to play him, if you're not going to allow him to sink or swim, he does not need to be on the roster. Now, I know AK probably has some of that concern that, hey, if we do send him off somewhere, a coach is going to get a hold of him and he's going to turn into what we think he's going to be. But at the end of the day, he's not going to turn into that either if you're not playing him at the NBA level. It's just that simple. So you can't live in two worlds with Marco going into next season. You have to make a decision. and You have to at least start off with the plan of Marco being in the NBA. And then if that defense is just as atrocious as the defense is going to be bad regardless. Let me be clear here. But if those offensive capabilities and the rebounding capabilities offset those those defensive uh, deficiencies, then you then you could be cool overall. If it doesn't, you, you cut them and you keep it moving. Right. But you have to know what he's able to do at the NBA level. As far as Javante Green for Jamal's second half of his call, here's what I'll say on Javante. Um, I love Javante Green. But I think that in a, if the if AK is truly trying to add size and shooting to this team, we have to stop. We, there's, there's people who just can't come back. And while I love Javante, once Derrick Jones Jr. opted into his deal, if you add more shooting and size and can play DJJ as more natural position, I think that may... That may point to some doom and gloom for re-signing Javante Green. I agree with you. The injury that he sustained could help keep him for maybe another year. And then, you know, maybe you roll the dice and and he thinks he's going to play better and then maybe get a larger deal. He's 29 years old. That would be his 30-year-old season. Having a major injury in that debridement surgery, even though he came back but didn't play a lot after he came back, it's really a crapshoot with that. But if I had to bet my money, I don't think Javante Green is going to be back in a Bulls uniform this season. But I could be wrong on that one. All right, let's get into this last voicemail for today. We had more voicemails, but you guys know we do voicemail bags on Sunday as well. So if I didn't get you to you today, I'll get to you Sunday. But let's get into this last one for today. This one's from Vaughn. What's up, Hayes? This is Vaughn. So I've been thinking about ways the Bulls can take this team next season. And after watching that all access episode, it doesn't really come up to me that they're going to end up trading one of the big three. Um, so I started thinking, what could they realistically do? Uh, looking at the free agency list and trying to find players that fit what Billy likes to do and also what the Bulls need most, I'm thinking they don't trade them more. They go into the luxury tax for this one season while Zoe recovers. Resign Kobe as a starting point guard and retain Vooch. I'm assuming DJJ and Drummond use their player options in return. We trade that Portland pick back to Portland for the 2023 20, first round Knicks pick and maybe get them to throw in an extra 2024 20, second round pick since we got all the leverage and then my seconds to spare. So I have that qualifying offer, then use that disabled player exception for one year to sign a player. My choice would be Seth Curry. Uh, now, the biggest decision to me would be signing a starting level power forward, one that can coexist with Boosh and allow Pete Will to get more minutes off the bench as six men. I'm looking at players like Trey Lyles or Jay Crowder. Uh, we'd have to use a taxpayer MLE at that point, which would be around $7 million, uh, and then set off the bench with vets for the locker room, maybe players that aren't as concerned as playing, maybe like a D-Rose. He's not as concerned as playing, maybe maybe something like that. Um, the Bulls' goal would be to go above that first tax threshold but stay below that second one, which is $17.5 million. And then 
anything over that, they'd start double taxing with that new CBA. But come trade deadline, if Jerry decides he wants to avoid the tax they can sell, he can come to an agreement with AK saying, hey, if you are in top six by trade deadline, then sell it off. But that's an offseason I think that can give a shooting in size. Let me know what you think, hey, specifically with the choice between Trey Lyles or Jay Crowder to be around a 20-minute a night starting power forward with P. Will being our sixth man. Or if you have a more preferred option with that MLE. All right, talk to you later. Peace. All right, so Vaughn is a very hopeful Bulls fan, and here's what I, why I say that. Because if you think that Jerry Reinsdorf is going to pay the luxury tax for one season on some wink-wink deal with Arturis Karnasova, you have way more faith in Jerry than what I do. And I, I, for one, will say I hope that you are right. I hope that with the Lonzo Ball situation, AK can present it to ownership and say, hey, I know you guys don't want to pay the luxury tax. I respect that. But we have this contract with Lonzo. Nobody's going to take it. He's not going to choose to end his career so we can use the career-ending injury exception. We can use the disabled player exception, but then you that sends us into the luxury tax. Are you going to allow me to use that to improve this team and we can make the playoffs? And then, then Michael or Jerry, whoever says, hey, all right, but if it doesn't look like we're on that trajectory by the, the trade deadline, we need you to get rid of some salary. I hope. That is a reasonable, reasonable outcome. Do I think the Reinsdorfs are reasonable? That's the biggest question in all of it. So while I understand the thought process behind it, I, I just don't see the Reinsdorfs doing that, but I do hope that I'm wrong. Now, as far as you saying the tax level, mid-level, the taxpayer mid-level exception, let me correct you. So the, the, paying the luxury tax is not calculated until the end of the season. The Chicago Bulls this season ended the season under the luxury tax. So this offseason, they will have the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is even better for us because it allows us more spending power. Now, as far as Trey Lyles or Jay Crowder, I think Jay Crow is going to go to a contender. I think the frustrations of not being really used in Milwaukee, I think his first mindset is going to be, let me try to go to a team that I feel that is contending. The Bulls aren't that. I would love Trey Lyles on this team. I would love Jay Crow on this team as well. I think if you can get Jay Crowder on a reasonable deal, a shorter-term deal, just because you don't want to attach long-term money to players that are that old, especially because you want to kind of have everything aligned with DeMar DeRozan comes off the books, right? So that's why I don't see the Bulls necessarily adding a lot of long-term money this offseason. But Trey Lyles is a solid pickup. I think he brings some things to this team that we need and that we haven't had. Um, but I just, here's what I'll say. Um, I don't know if the Bulls, if, if, A, is he, first off, is he going to get more than what the Bulls are willing, are going to be able to offer? Basically, because we're just going to have our, our mid-level exception offer. If a team offers more than that, we'll see. Now, considering, um, his salary has not been that much at all, you could say that, hey, no, we can absolutely fit him in here. I like his skill set. I like what he brings. I like that he can, he can play some defense and rebound the ball some. Um, I like that he, you know, he's averaged double-digit points a couple of times in his career as well. Um, but. I think you can do a lot worse. I think that Trey Lyles can come in and he can be one of those players that can play next to Vooch. Um, he can play next to Drum, too, if we still have Drum there. That's a really big rebounding lineup there is the, at that point in time. But in what we have in Trey Lyles, do we not have in Terry Taylor already? Yes, Terry Taylor is much shorter, but you look at Terry Taylor's rebounding rate and you can get him at a much cheaper deal. I think that that may be more likely than Trey Lyles. But you guys can let me know what you guys think on that down below. But that is it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for a mailback episode going down tomorrow, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace.
This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.